Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named my name. Isaiah 49, 1b. Both of these prophets testify that their lives were with purpose and were with meaning and were valuable even before they were born. All of our lives here today and the lives yet to be born as well carry with them an intrinsic value, value to God, that all lives are precious and there is a sacredness within the human reproduction This Sunday might cause some discomfort for some as I discuss a very polarizing topic facing our society. This morning, we we heard from the Open Door Pregnancy Center, and um, I want to share again their emphasis on empowering families to make healthy, life-affirming choices. We have the opportunity to partner with them, not only this Sunday, but for the next few Sundays to come, to continue raising money for their ministry that they provide within Central Kansas. We have supported them for many years as a church, and I assume we will probably be supporting them in years to come. For the sermon today, I want to talk about how important it is to partner with this organization, other organizations like it, As they are performing ministry, they are being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to the society who desperately needs to hear of love, forgiveness, grace, and redemption. As a church, we can be directly supported, um, supporting this ministry and many others because of your generosity, and because as a church, collectively, we work together, we are better together. As a church, as we are made up of many people, as individuals, we are also called to respond to the things that God is placing on our heart to expand his kingdom here on earth. When Carrie and I were living in Minnesota, we uh, had a call in our lives to begin the process of going uh, through with an adoption We had been supporting kids through Compassion International and uh, now with Covenant Kids Congo. We were feeling like we wanted to become more involved in the process of meeting an immediate need within our community. We came across an organization called Safe Families for Children. They were looking to expand from Minneapolis down into the Rochester area. And this ministry was partnering with women and other families who were experiencing crisis to be able to keep them from having to go into the foster care system. That this organization was there as a stopgap to help people experiencing crisis and be able to care for their children so that the adults could be able to take care of whatever they needed to take care of. In the instance for our family, we began to work and partner with this ministry. We went through hours and hours of training, had to do background checks, they had, we had to do a home study, we had to have references, and all these things like similar to becoming foster care parents. The one uh, person that we had, well, just for, for one of the people that we supported, this woman uh, was needing to go into drug rehabilitation, and she had um, an under one-year-old. 
And the only alternative that she had was to go to the county to say, hey, I need, I need help. And then her child would have been taken from her, and she would have to prove to the courts that she was deemed worthy enough to receive her children back. So she came and partnered with Safe Families, and we agreed. We said, yes, we will care for your child while you're going through this process to get back onto your feet. And... Uh, After this process, she passed rehabilitation, she got a new job, and she was able to get back onto her feet and provide a better life for herself and her child. And if it wasn't for this ministry, I don't know how her life would have turned out. But after being involved in this organization, we also started pursuing our licensure to become foster care parents. And we did this in hopes that we could help children be reunified permanently into their loving household. But we saw in our community, we wanted to help. We saw that there was such a big need and there was something that we could do. God was prompting us. And we also recognized that this idea that God had placed into our hearts for adoption, that we wanted to provide a permanent house, a permanent home for a child. We wanted to be involved. And we saw the need of how many Christians We're not being involved in this process, and we felt that this was something God was saying yes to. So we started pursuing this process. We became licensed, and then we got called to this church here in Kansas. And so we saw that we would have to go through the entire process again. But because we knew that God was placing adoption onto our hearts as well, we decided We knew that there was going to be an enormous financial burden associated with adoption, as well as the many challenges facing us if we were to adopt a child of a different race or ethnicity than our own. We also saw through Scripture how God was saying, yes, you have to care for the orphans. You must care for these children, the least of these. And so what did that look like for our family? Carrie and I, we decided to change our entire financial trajectory of our future. And we decided to invest in life now. We got partnered with multiple ethical agencies who were taking care of these women who were deciding to see their pregnancies seen uh, full term, where they were providing counseling, they were providing housing and food and care for these women both before and after the pregnancy. We were blessed to receive Javea into our house just over four years ago. And after 18 months of having Javea, God was again prompting my wife's heart, and God was telling her that there is a daughter, another daughter in store for your family. But then the spiritual attacks began happening. We were told, and and Carrie was told by Satan over and over through these spiritual attacks that, what are you doing? You already have six kids. You can't financially do this again. What are you thinking? You're already becoming overwhelmed with the kids that you have. You can't possibly go through this. She was up at night with these attacks. She was on her knees in prayer. And then we decided to move forward knowing that this is what God had placed in both of our hearts. And within three weeks, um, Kaylin's birth mother chose us to be able to have uh, and care for her child. And so we were happy now two years, over two years ago, to receive Kaylin into our house permanently. When people talk about uh, adoption as an alternative means to abortion, I think that it is way too oversimplified. That... We don't take into consideration the expectant mother's experiences. 
For some mothers, they are dealing with an incredible amount of stress, an enormous amount of stress as they are pregnant in a situation that perhaps is not the best case scenario for them, maybe financially, maybe socially, maybe they don't have the best relationship with the father, whatever it is, there are so many other factors that cause this stress. Them deciding to see their birth, uh, seeing their pregnancy uh, to full term, for them to be able to bond with this child, with this child in utero for nine months, to experience the process of giving birth to a new child is an incredible experience. And then to decide to have that child and place that child in the hands of another family and and trusting that life with us or with another family is an incredibly difficult experience. There is pain, there is anguish, and that is something that I will never know for what those mothers have gone through. What I can say firsthand is that every child, every life is precious And I've seen firsthand the bravery of these expectant mothers choosing a biological, um, fighting against every biological fiber in their body, every emotion as they decide willingly to be able to have another family parent their child. They're choosing life in the best case scenario that they can possibly imagine at that time. In a way, they are giving up their own life to be able to cherish and to sustain this life, giving up their own way, giving up their own life as Jesus did, giving up his own life for us. Jesus says that there is no greater love than this, that one would give up their life for their friends. For an expectant mother to choose that route is by far one of the bravest, most courageous, and most difficult situation that they could ever face. This is just a part of our story. And I know some of you who are here today or who are listening online have had the experience of being a part of the foster care system, who have chosen to foster or have chosen to adopt or have taken kids into your house and helping them out of a crisis situation as well. If you're willing, uh, I would just ask that you just stand to be recognized. Um, You don't have to if you don't want, but I just want to honor you and recognize you for your commitment to stand in the gap for others. Thanks for doing that. There is so many more out there. In fact, as I was thinking about it, within a block and a half of where I live, a block and a half, there are six families who have chosen either to be a part of the foster care system or have chosen to adopt. It's incredible. We're told over and over again That even just offering a meal, even just offering some respite care for a few hours or a day, encouraging these parents and their children, speaking love and life into them, sending them a card or just dropping off a gift card or some flowers goes a long way. We see that there is an incredible need out there to care for women who are seeing out their pregnancy, but what alternatives are they having once they decide to do that? Our church currently has a benevolent fund that we go and we help partner with people not only in our church but in our community who are experiencing setbacks in their lives as well. 
And me and my family, we are choosing to stand in the gap for those of them, uh, for those who are unborn, and choosing to place uh, their kids uh, for adoption, for mothers to do that. And we're going to continue supporting endeavors like that as well. Many people choose abortion because they do not have all of the information available or considered other alternatives. What if those people who are weighing those decisions knew that the church, the Christian church, would come and walk alongside of them during this process? What if expectant mothers weren't facing scorn and judgment for being pregnant, maybe outside of wedlock or whatever situation, that instead of being faced with judgment and harsh criticism, that they were welcomed with loving arms and grace into our local church? What if people knew that the church was willing to stand and support them as they saw out their pregnancy full term, knowing that this would be an incredibly difficult process? Would they be willing, would we be willing to offer them support afterwards? We have literally helped thousands of women getting out of poverty because of these processes with fostering and adopting, with other ministry organizations. We're helping change the lives of this world. And Carrie and I, we're not the saviors. We're not the ones who want to be patted on our back and saying, hey, good job, I'm glad you adopted, or good job fostering, or anything like that. We're not looking, uh, as I'm not saying any of this to receive any kind of recognition. I'm just sharing from our own hearts where we are in the process that we've experienced the true heroes, the, the ones that I have looked up to the most are those who have chosen life for their kids and have chosen uh, to put their ch- children up for adoption because I know how difficult that process has been for them. Our leadership team is uh, starting to discuss ways in which we can partner with people in our congregation who have fostered and who are adopting or wanting to go through that process as well. Whether it be financially, through prayer, through encouragement, we want to be able to provide resources now with people here to be able to respond to that call in their life, to be able to stand in the gap for those um, who are going through difficult times. These are just some of the ways that our church is partnering together to bring more awareness to the needs within our community. Choosing to have an abortion is a big decision and one that is, should hopefully not be entered into lightly. Some women have been given enormous resources that have given them information to be able to help them make the best informed decision for themselves, whereas others have been given limited or disinformation about what abortion is or what any alternatives would be. Whatever circumstances there are, whatever those circumstances might have been, God is still loving, God is still gracious, and God cares, and he's involved in it all. In 2004, our denomination had our annual meeting, which is made up of all the local delegation churches in our denomination, and they voted on and and sent through this resolution for approval, which stands today. It says, for the Evangelical Covenant Church, A Christian understanding of interpreting the moral dimensions of abortion in Christian sexuality arises out of Scripture. Prayerful dependence on the grace of God and the support of the community of believers within the church. Scripture reveals a God who is loving, kind, merciful, and just. It teaches that humanity is in the image of God. 
and that the family is the institution created by God in which a husband and wife are devoted to each other. When children are born, they are received as a trust, giving joy to parents, the community, and society. Scripture teaches us of the presence of sin in this world, which affects all of God's creation. In the human realm, sin causes such things as the breakdown of community, of family structure, and of interpersonal commitments. For the individual, these breakdowns may lead to a loss of security, a sense of alienation, low self-esteem, or inordinate pride. It manifests itself in secular philosophy of self-gratification where others exist primarily to serve one's own ends and where one can act as one pleases without consequences to oneself, to others, or society. Scripture also teaches of God's love, power, and grace in this world by the offering of of redemption through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of him, we have hope in facing any situation in his life, and his grace is sufficient. This is our starting point within any conversation that we have as a local church and as the Evangelical Covenant Church. We ask, where is it written? Where in the Bible is this written? We all know equally we fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. All of us are equally deserving of God's punishment. And we know that we have a gracious and loving God who can redeem us and fix any situation that we are in that only can be fixed through his son, Jesus Christ. The denominational position continues by stating, we deplore the use of abortion as an alternative to abstinence or within the covenant of marriage, other appropriate contraceptive measures. We affirm women who continue their pregnancies to full term despite personal hardship, distress, suffering, or distress, suffering, and even uh, risk of death. We affirm and encourage women who choose to place their newborn infants for adoption, preferably through Christian placement agencies. We believe abortion to be wrong and grieve whenever an abortion takes place. However, we recognize that in some tragic instances, abortion may need to be considered to safeguard the life of the mother. In all cases, we urge immediate steps to seek medical and pastoral assistance. And aware of our own frailties and living in an imperfect world, we humbly seek God's guidance in all matters of sexual behavior. We believe that we are stewards of the expression of, human se- of our human sexual nature, just as we are stewards of every other gift from God. We're responsible to God, to ourselves, to each other, and to the lives we are capable of bringing into existence. We recognize that every sexual act could result in conception, and we affirm the equal responsibility of men and women for sexual behavior in their pregnancies that may result. Some might find this position from the Evangelical Covenant Church to be too extreme. Some people might feel that these remarks are not saying enough, or there needs to be more said about this. Some might even disagree with this position here in our church, And I know that there are some that have different views. Regardless, as a local church and one that belongs as a part of the greater evangelical covenant church, this is our position and this is one that we affirm. 
Children are a gift from God. Children are not a burden. They are a blessing, only, not only to the parents, but also to society and God himself. I will tell you that choosing to have uh, two additional children already having five, there was some resistance on my part. You see, I'm a very selfish individual. You can ask my wife. I'm the most selfish person I know. And it would be easy for me to not go through that process of bringing in additional children into my house. And I will tell you that there was some resistance. And as I began to realize and come to grips with my own selfishness, realizing that I needed to do more in providing life, I stepped out and said yes, and it has been a joy and a blessing ever since. I recognize that for my wife, as we were going through the process of adopting Kaylin, we knew that there was a good chance that I was going to have to leave for a year, and the prospect of me being gone and for my wife to have to raise seven kids on her own was not a prospect she was looking forward to. But when the church came and rallied around our family and helped support her uh, during that time while I was gone, we're providing the hands and feet directly to our families, and we saw the love, joy, and support from all of you. And that's what I'm talking about when I say that our church and all of you can partner around other families who have pursued adoption, who are pursuing foster care, who are standing in the gap for those in our society who need help, that this is a way that we can be exacting change and encouragement and love here in our community. There is a great deal of sacrifice that takes place. And sometimes, for me, it means having to live my life a little bit differently. There are things that we just can't do as a family where other families can. But it's great, and it's still wonderful. Kids are a gift from God, and sometimes kids don't always feel like they're a gift from God. As we try to wrangle the seven kids at home, I, don't, I am not a perfect parent, and you can ask uh, Jane and Haven who are here today that they know that I am very imperfect and I mess up all the time. They can probably tell you stories. Don't tell them any stories, right? But to take on children into my own home that were not biologically born to me and love them and care for them and provide for them as I would any of my other children is an incredible blessing and one that I do not take lightly. But I must understand that I need to see my role in, a, in the light of Christ. These kids do not belong to me. My kids do not belong to me. They belong to God. I'm just stewarding them along as I try to raise them and help them to understand a Savior who loves them, who cares for them, and who wants to have a relationship with them. I'm just trying to do the very best I can to show them God's love. Because really, every single one of us who are in Christ are adopted into God's family. And as we read in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in himself before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. 
to pray to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. If you are here today in our congregation, if you are here listening to us online and you've been a part of having an abortion or have been a part of the process of abortion, know that this sermon is not here to condemn you. This sermon is not meant to shame you, and God does not hate you, and God loves you. And there is nothing without bounds to God's love and grace and redemption through any process that has taken place in any of our lives before. That God wants to give you hope. He wants to give you love. He wants to give you redemption. He sees through all of the brokenness and the pain, and he wants to heal all of us. For those of you who are committed here to a a pro-life position, I would just ask that you support more endeavors like the ministry that is here today uh, through the Open Door Pregnancy Center, to be involved in supporting other ministries who are caring for people who are experiencing crisis in their life, that you would walk alongside your families, friends, and neighbors who are fostering, who are adopting, or going through that avenue, and support them asking them, how can I come alongside of you? What is it that you need right now? They'll tell you. Don't be a passive Christian on this. We're in a spiritual battle against Satan for life, and we enter into this battle with love, grace, mercy, and hope that only Jesus Christ can offer. And how do we approach this the best way? I'm glad you asked. Come back next week because I'm going to look at one of the examples of Jesus and how he encountered someone who was caught in sin and how he led with grace and compassion and mercy and also in truth and how that example is the best one that we can follow as we encounter every situation within this world. It's been my pleasure to express uh, this message today and share more of my story, and I hope that you would be able to come here next week or tune in online to hear that message. Let's pray. God, as we recognize our frailty and our own humanness and the sin that is in this world, God, nothing is beyond your redemption. God, that you care for all things and all people and all situations, that you are present here in and among us. So help us to be prompted to do more in this world, to be a part of your kingdom building, that we would seek to lead first with love and grace and compassion, that we would care for people who are experiencing very, very difficult situations, that we would be loving at all times, and in our conversations, we would continue to offer grace to those who may differ from us. God, help your message to be seen through us and through our church and through the Christian church around this world. We love you and we praise you. Amen.